Uh, last week, we had a team that went to New York City. Um, I don't know, I guess that's, a, that's an old commercial. New York City. And um, they went up. Come on, Eric. Make a spot, buddy. Be bold. Oh, my goodness. No, that's good. That's good. All right, so what we're going to do is um, I'm just going to kind of interview them and ask them some questions. Ryan came up as well because he loves to be able to use a microphone. Um, but Ryan went uh, two years ago, right, two or three years ago now. And um, so he's just going to kind of help us with kind of interviewing, finding out what's going on. And, um, yeah, we pray that the Spirit will move in your heart, that you will be uh, moved to, you know, do something bold. So why don't we start with just your name, and why you wanted to go to Seed Week. All right? Who wants to go first? Evan? Sure. I'll go first. Um, so my name's Evan, and uh, I guess, honestly, at first, I didn't want to go to Seed Week, and um, it was, well, so Emma will probably explain, that's my wife, um, She'll explain why she wanted to go, but her wanting to go was kind of what made me go. I didn't want to, uh, I, I was nervous about New York. It's not really my thing. I don't like cities, and um, I didn't really want to let her go by herself, so I wanted to be there with her, and um, yeah, yeah, and so that's why I went, and um, God really used that, because even before that, I kind of was feeling, um, I guess, distant and not really uh, connected like I was. And it ended up being a blessing that I went because God really used that to um, draw me back in. And it was awesome. So, I mean, I'm really glad I went now. So, yeah. Uh, my name's Eric. And I decided to go to Seed. And I decided to go to Seed Week because uh, I had been. Uh, prayer walking around like Rio Grande with Revolve and uh, all that and uh, the last seed week I didn't go because of work um, and I wound up getting like furloughed that week so I totally could have gone and uh, so this time around I was like I really felt the prompting and um, you know I really wanted to go out and have the opportunity to just share the gospel um, especially amongst these like unreached people groups in uh, New York City so uh, I guess the reason I went was just like a stirring of my heart and um, just, I guess, a desire to just be able to share the gospel in uh, New York City. Um, my name's Emma. Um, so I guess I started wanting to go to Seed Week when I was taking David's um, discipleship class. Shout out to Dave. Um, uh, just through that, I learned a lot, and I kind of started to realize also that I just felt like in my walk with the Lord, it was just kind of at a standstill. And I had the desire to go out and share the gospel, but I was just also really nervous. Um, and then Hannah uh, also did a lot of talking and to me about Seed Week and her experience and how amazing it was for her. Um, she's right there. Um, so, 
So I took this as an opportunity to step out of my comfort zone because I knew that that was the only way that I would really grow in my faith. And um, yeah, the Lord definitely blessed that. And I uh, definitely feel forever changed from this trip. So. Hello? Okay. I get nervous when I don't have a microphone. <laughs> okay, my name's Sarah, um, and I guess I originally decided to go on the Seed Week because I'm moving to New York in the fall, um, and I kind of just wanted to know how Christian and Elena do it every day and just involve that in their everyday life so that when I'm at school there, I can definitely put that on top of school, sharing the gospel every day just on my walk, so yeah. I am Jen, and um, I wanted to go to Seed Week um, because I had heard so much about it, you know, and as I work for Revolve, I had been involved in some of the other plannings, and I, you know, definitely had talked to everybody who had been, um, and I really just wanted to see for myself, you know, how Christian and Lena are up there living um, and doing this every day, you know, and it's just such a stretch for me thinking of Cape May County, you know, where you know so many people, um, and just, you know, it's so culturally diverse up there, something so totally different for me, completely out of my comfort zone. So I just wanted to be able to um, practice, you know, sharing, but also learn about, you know, the different cultures. And I couldn't grasp, you know, that there's people who've never, ever heard the name of Jesus, you know, um, because that's so different than where we are here. So I wanted to see how they do it, you know, and learn it and be able to do it myself. So, um, yeah, so we have a very diverse group who had diverse reasons for going. And um, uh, for those of you who didn't know, they were meeting up with uh, Christian um, Vance. Did you guys get to see Elena as well? Okay, great. So, oh, yeah. And so also on this team was uh, TJ, uh, TJ O'Hara, and um, he flew in and then also flew back. So if you guys remember TJ, um, they used to come here and they've moved to South Carolina, North one of the Carolinas, and um, so he was there as well. So, um, so why don't you guys just walk us through, I mean, um, let's start, um, Evan, we'll just start with you. What, what does a morning look like at Seed Week? Morning. Yeah, what's like a morning? What'd you, what did you do? Like, just, just walk us through the day, and we'll, we'll kind of go, we'll go through, but you start in the morning. Um, so, wake up around like 6.30, um, Okay. <laughs> like, what'd you do when you got um, to where the spot was? That's actually like what I kind of, all right. Um, so, well, we'd start training around nine. So, um, we'd meet up at a church in Jackson Heights. And, yeah, there's a couple other teams from different parts of the country. And we'd all end up meeting up there and at nine. And uh, we'd have training till about noon. Um, so we, uh, it was different every day. Um, a lot of... Monday. What was the training every on Monday? Monday? Or I'm glad you let him go first. So on Monday, we went over what's called like the two kingdoms. And it's, it's similar to the three circles that we've learned here. Um, but, I mean, I, want me to explain that? No, that's fine. Eric, All right. So we would go to this church, like Evan said, it was like a 
maybe two subway stops from where we were staying. Um, and the training was basically just different evangelism, different evangelism tools. Uh, if anyone's been prayer walking with Revolve or maybe has even gone through the hub, a lot of it, you probably know it's like the three circles, two second testimony, just like different tools when you're out on the street and you can just share the gospel like quickly but effectively. Um, there was a lot of training on the Islamic, they call it the worldview, the Islamic worldview, because uh, International Project mostly engages different Muslim cultures, and I don't know off the top of my head how many different Muslim cultures there are in Queens, but there's like a ton. So they kind of have a different way of just viewing the world almost, and uh, how they would kind of view the gospel. It's the same gospel, but they just, they think differently than like a Western and uh, so I think maybe two or three of the days they just had people from International Project come in and just say give like teach us about the Islamic faith and uh, the religion and how we can engage them more effectively and uh, that was mostly the training how much time do you guys spend in prayer in the in the morning how many time how, how long did you spend in prayer so we would, um, before we set out to uh, the church where we would meet for the trainings, um, we had breakfast together, and then every day we did a Bible study, spent some time in prayer um, on different passages that I had picked that, you know, were sort of relevant to what we were going through. Um, and so we did that together as a team every morning. And then during the trainings, um, they would sing some songs for worship and open in prayer. And then there was about a half an hour to 45 minutes at uh, the end of each training where they did this thing called the prayer go round, um, where um, if you picture just like two concentric circles, the person in, you know, the inner circle stayed in one spot and then the outer circle sort of rotated around so that you were prayer praying with everyone else as you went around over verses that they had um, picked that were specific to what we were going through. Cool. Um, so, so what um, Eric uh, was talking about uh, with this whole idea of, of sharing the gospel within someone's particular worldview, we talk about that in the hub as contextualization. And you see Paul do that um, in Acts 13 and Acts 17. In Acts 13, when he's talking with um, the Jews, he gives, you know, the Jewish history and then the importance of the Messiah. When he's talking with Greeks, he talks about, oh, I see that you worship a God and, you, you know, you, you know, you see this higher power. Let me tell you about the one true God. So I think one thing that we can learn and what they were learning is um, when you're talking with certain different types of people, the gospel never changes, but the approach that you take changes. So um, in that specific area, um, was a, a lot of Muslims. Is that who you were was witnessing to mostly? 80% or 75? Okay. You have something to share? Oh, all right. Um, so what would be, so they talked about different tools. So if you guys know that we've, you know, we, if you've been through the hub, or you've been through the trainings, you know, we have like three circles and three circles is a simple tool. So within two minutes, you can present the gospel. You know, we have sin, we were separated from sin, you know, God's drawing us back in, you know, you kind of draw it out and it's a simple way to present the gospel. Out of all the tools that you were presented, what was like the one that resonated the most with you? And that, anyone can answer that that you really thought was like effective and you kind of liked the most? Um, I would say for me, a lot of the days it was sharing the two kingdoms because it was just a really simple way of sharing the story of Jesus. Um, but then 
it just depends what neighborhood you went in. Like when we were in Jackson Heights, it's mostly Muslims. So it's harder to go up to them, especially with the language barrier. Um, so, and it's also a lot of the things that I did most of the days was you just walked up to people like, hey, how are you? We're walking around praying for the community, but in a Muslim community, you can't really do that. So um, just share, creating relationships and connections in that neighborhood was the way to go. Um, and then other days, the two kingdoms was definitely the best one for me. All right, so would you explain, would you do the two kingdoms for us right now? So basically, there's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of darkness, and there's the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of darkness... Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, so in the kingdom of darkness, Satan is the ruler, and Satan tries to deceive you, and he tries to tell you that you can be the ruler of your own life, which that calls for a very broken world because we try to find ways out of that by, like, our job or money or whatever it is, but everything leads us back into that darkness. But because God loved us so much, he sent his son down, um, and his son was, his son died on the cross, Jesus, and then three days later he rose again so that we could live in the kingdom of God where Jesus is the ruler and he loves us and he's faithful and he's forgiving. And then you would say after that, which kingdom do you think you belong in? So that's that there. That is a simple way to present the gospel. And, um, you know, so what would you say? And I, I don't know the answer to this, but I'm just going to guess. How many times do you think you shared that a day? How many times do you think you shared the gospel, like a, out on a trip or like throughout the day, throughout the week? We got to the. I would say uh, there were some days where I completely, so out of the four days we walked around, there was like a couple days I just struck out in every conversation, and it was very, very frustrating. But, um, you know, some days maybe you'd get to share the gospel twice. So, um, or some days maybe you're just, you know, 20 times. I don't know. But um, I would say probably on average it was maybe like once a day, you know. Um, so maybe twice one day, no times the other day. Uh, I would just say, like, any time you just get to share the gospel with someone is just, like, it's refreshing to your soul. So even one time, it's, like, you know, it's solid. So this, the idea is it's called Seed Week, you know, and it's based off the, the parable of the sower who's throwing out seed. So not every time you share the gospel is someone being, like, I want to be baptized right now, you know? So, but the idea is that you're going out and you're sharing and you're praying and you're spreading the gospel and you're spreading these, this seed. Ryan, do you have any questions? Uh, Jen had some. She All right. Come on, Jen. Well, I was just going to expound on what Eric said. You know, I mean, in the different cultural contexts, you know, like they're very friendly. Some, some of the um, neighborhoods were very friendly and were open, open and welcoming and hospitable, you know. And so one of the things that... Um, Jason, who is a full-time missionary up there, um, he said, you know, was um, accept their hospitality, you know, um, a way to, you know, um, make a friendship almost, you know, in just that short amount of time that you have. And so a lot of the time was just spent in conversation as well, you know, sort of getting to know someone, um, hearing about them, you know, and then um, 
dropping a Shema statement in there, you know, to see if they're um, open to hearing the gospel or if that shuts them down and, and turns away, you know. So there was a lot of time that was spent, you know, chit-chatting and talking and, you know, saying hi to people on the street, and sometimes they say hi back, and sometimes they say no, and you strike up a conversation and, you know, lead into, you know, we're walking around this neighborhood, you know, praying for people in the area. Is there anything I can pray for you for? And sometimes that turns into the rejection, you know, and other times it opens it up. So, um, so there was some time, you know, that went into each and every, you know, conversation, and some of them became very fruitful, and some of them were not. So was anyone not nervous to go out on the streets of New York City and share the gospel? And how did it change from Monday to Friday for you? Yeah, so, so did, first question, did anyone, was anyone like, yeah, Sharing the gospel in New York City. I'm there. All right, Eric. Eric. Eric's like, you know, I share it in Rio Grande. You know how I am. So what, and then so Ryan's question was, so what changed from Monday to Friday? Did anything change from that, from going into it to Friday afternoon? Would anyone like to share? Um, <clears throat> so yeah, I was, I was definitely nervous um, talking to strangers and and even just being in the city was kind of nerve-wracking for me because I'm used to being down here I don't really leave Cape May County often and um but from Monday to Friday I would say like Monday was I had almost like an objective mindset where I just I was like I need to go out and talk to as many people as I can and I need to bring back some good like um stories or conversations or testimonies for debrief so it was all about like I felt like I was kind of doing it in my flesh. And, um, but then as the week progressed, I was, I, God was teaching me just to like lean on him and lean on his Holy Spirit um, just to give us opportunities. And by, I would say Thursday was probably the last day we went out. Um, but um, just Thursday, I didn't even really try to pick specific conversations to have. People would come up to us and we ended up having to really good conversations that day where um, me and TJ were together that day, but we were able to share the gospel with one guy and um, try to pray for another guy. And it was just, yeah, so. So um, kind of like what Evan said on Monday, uh, that was our first day going out. And that day I definitely struggled. And after that day, I wanted to come home. <laughs> um, I remember Christian saying to us in one of our trainings to see, don't see these people as a project. See them as how God sees them, as they're human beings just like us. And that really, um, I guess, convicted me because I guess the first day I was definitely doing it out of my flesh. I was like, all right, this is what I came here to do. I need to just go share the gospel with as many people as I can. And Christian also said, if you try and do this out of your flesh, God won't bless it. And I saw that time and time and time again. And so it got very discouraging the first day. Um, so I prayed that night, and I had no other words for God except I just need help. Um, and God definitely showed up. And um, Tuesday and the rest of the week was just a complete different um, mindset, I guess, and a different attitude, and I've been trying to put it in words, but Evan knows it's been frustrating trying to put it in words 
um, just the transformation in myself that I felt. Um, just seeing how faithful God is to move in you when you let him was a life-changing experience. Um, and from that day forward, it, everything, like I said, just changed. Conversations felt more organic, and I really could feel that it was God working through me rather than me working on my own selfishness and my, yeah. Amen. That's awesome. And, you know, and I think that was great. Thank you for sharing that, guys. Um, you know, we, we talk about that, you know, when we're discipling people, we're not looking at them as projects. You know, Jesus says to love your neighbor. You know, um, he didn't say to just, you know, hit all the check marks, you know. So, yeah, I, I, I understand that pressure of, like, when you go on a mission trip, you're like, I got to come back with something to report, and it becomes very much in the flesh, but asking God to change your heart. I love that, that you went to prayer and you ask God to change your heart, that you would like have more compassion on, on the folks. And then it becomes more of working out of the spirit, working in the flesh. So, Ryan, did you have another question? or? Yeah, you can ask something not on the list. Bill gave us a list, and so we're just going to go off of it. We're going off the script. Um, anybody have any stories about what happened the week before Seed Week that... Oh, um, dead fly. Um, that was maybe trying to hinder you from going or changing your mindset or anything like that. Did you guys all experience something along those lines? I wasn't directed at you, but obviously you feel a certain way. <laughs> well, um, so I really have just been struck this summer by um, seeing God pull different pieces together. This is the first summer that I've not um, worked at night, you know, so I actually have the opportunity to be able to go, you know, and um, when I asked my husband and, you know, leaving my kids behind to go away for a week, he's like, sure, no problem, I got this, you know, go ahead, um, you know, and, you know, like Ryan hinted at, you know, there was some personal family stuff going on that definitely was a distraction, um, you know, and some spiritual warfare, you know, to, to where I started to question, like, I'm leaving in two days, you know, am I actually going to be able to go, um, you know, but God provides the way, you know, and God lines up the people that you need um, to take care of things back at home, you know, so that I could go on this, um, like he had just so beautifully lined up starting in January um, before we had even picked the dates for it, so, um, you know, God, uh, God has a plan, you know, and we just have to trust and you know, turn the other things in our life over to him um, through prayer and just trust that he's going to use me, you know, and everything else is, um, is under his care. Awesome. So actually about like four days before seed week, I kind of went through something that was really, like I was really heartbroken and discouraged, um, really did not want to go anymore. I just wanted to be in the comfort of my bed in my mom's arms, but um. I started reading this book, not like anything about God, just this book that I started to read, and the three circles sticker was my bookmark, and I'm at work, and I'm reading this book, and this is now like two days before the trip, and about my bookmarks on the table, and three different coworkers of mine approached me and asked me, what does this sticker mean, or what's this sticker, and like in that moment, I literally felt God tugging on my heart, like 
this is just the beginning of this week that I have planned for you. And after that, I was like, okay, let's go. So, yeah. That's awesome. Anyone else? No? It's all smooth sailing for these guys. Um, so what would you say um, is the biggest thing that you learned about yourself or about God um, through this trip? Because I feel like these trips, when you're pushed to this point to where you have to fully trust in God, you learn uh, things about yourself and about God. So what, what would be something that was impactful that you learned about yourself or more about God? wrote some notes. Uh, so <clears throat> I was just really encouraged. Um, one thing I learned about God was just seeing how um, even the people that we reached that didn't read the Bible, they, they may have heard about Jesus, but never really heard the gospel. I was just really encouraged to see how God was working in their hearts already and how he was drawing them in. Um, it was just a really cool testimony to me um, that yeah, God's always working, even in people that have never heard the gospel or never Know about them, you just have to be um, like sensitive to that, I guess. Pray for um, the Holy Spirit to like make you sensitive to that. And it was really cool to see how God delivered that um, during this week. And something I learned about myself is, is similar to that, just that every day I need to be um, relying on God. Like uh, it's when I'm here, or like at home working, you know, making dinner, going to, you know, whatever. and it's really easy to just be in a routine and rely on yourself a lot because um, you're so used to it. And then there, it's complete opposite. I'm out of my comfort zone and just learning to have to rely on the Holy Spirit every day was an awesome uh, lesson for me. I would say one thing that I learned about myself, which I said in the debrief with Christian, that I am so not bold when it comes to the people I know. I'm able to sit on a bench and share the two kingdoms with a stranger, but I don't think I've ever shared it, the story of Jesus with my brother. So stuff like that, I learned that I need to be more bold in my everyday life, especially to the people that are close to me. Amen. Jen? I think I learned a lot that... Um, you know, there definitely um, in the past has been some fear holding me back, you know, like fear of rejection, fear of not saying the right thing, um, you know, fear of uh, not being able to control the conversation. And so just putting that aside um, and letting the Holy Spirit just work through me and just knowing that whatever comes out of my mouth in whatever way it comes out of my mouth, if it's led by the Holy Spirit, then even if I don't see the results of that, even if that person rejects me, then that was the seed that I planted, you know? And I might never see the fruits of that, you know, but someday I might see that person in heaven and they might recognize me as that crazy lady on the street, you know? And so that's what we're there to do is to plant the seeds, but you don't know where that seed is ever going to land, you know? But here at home, you feel like you know, these are people, you know, that you will see again, you know, um, and so that, that fear holds you back a little bit more. Ryan, would you share, you, I remember when you came back from your trip, there was, a, there was a line, I don't know if you remember it, about like the importance of that conversation. Yeah, so, you know, for me, Noi taught the class that I went through, and I think it was day two, and I don't want to cry. 
Um, he said that we had a chance to change the face of heaven. And it's like, like it still sticks with me now. Like, it's crazy. Like, you're there, and it doesn't need to be there. It needs to be where we work, live, and play. And, you know, share Sarah about tea. And, um, you know, I haven't shared with my mom. And I'm, I'm sure there's other ones that are here that, you know, there's people in your lives that you haven't shared with. And you need to put them on a list and start praying for them. And it'll come. But yeah, that was the line. It was like, we have a chance to change the face of heaven. Yeah. So much of what um, these folks were doing every day was being intentional about going out and sharing the good news of, of the gospel. Um, and I think, I'm just going to, I'm going to ask you guys a question, but uh, yeah, what, what do you think we can be doing here? What are you guys going to do different now? What would you encourage us as Revolve to do differently in light of what you experienced this week? I don't know, for me personally, it would probably be more intentional, uh, intentional prayer time. Because like we were saying, every morning after we ate, we would meet up as a group and, uh, you know, go over a scripture and pray. And then even in the training, we would pray for like 30 minutes. And um, if you don't equip yourself with prayer, like there's no way... There isn't no way, but it's very difficult to operate in the spirit. And I think that's something that I definitely learned was, like, the importance of, uh, of prayer and just uh, digging in that way. How Revolve could implement that, maybe, I mean, you already have prayer night. So maybe go to prayer night. That would be a way, um, you know, if you're free, have more prayer times. Yeah, or make your own little prayer time with people. Especially like a corporate prayer time, I think also is very important. And that's something that I had been lacking in probably the past couple months just with my situation. So that's something that was like, you know, definitely it invigorates you. You really feel the spirit when you're, when you're praying together with other uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. <laughs> Give me the microphone. Um, yeah. So we have prayer on Thursday nights at the, um, the hub building, um, that's at seven, five to six, sorry, I don't know why I said seven, not even close, five to six, and then we have prayer every morning at 6 a.m., and that is um, the, on Zoom, and you can get the link on our website, but yeah, uh, a spirit of prayer, you know. oh, you have another one, twofer, nice, go for it. Can you just uh, repeat the question one more time for me, I kind of forgot it. But I knew I had something. It was just like... What? what? What did you learn? What are you going to implement? How are your conversations going to be different now? Or what can we as Revolve be doing based off of what you learned? All right. So I guess for me, my biggest thing I learned... Um, I feel like God really revealed to me that I was living my life in a very selfish and self-centered way. So I really needed to examine my heart. Um, and also kind of like going off what Eric said about prayer, like being intentional about being in prayer, but also being more intentional about um, like being in the word and truly like abiding with God because 
I felt like before this trip I wasn't doing that and I think that that's why it was so hard and why I was even more nervous and just didn't want to go. Um, but through this trip, like we were in the word every day, praying together as a team. And um, every night I was in the word by myself and I was really actually seeking the Lord and asking the Lord for help because I knew that I couldn't do this on my own. Um, I guess for Revolve, or I guess like now being home, I want to continue the same thing. I was telling Evan that that was actually my biggest fear coming home is that I was going to kind of slip back into like the comforts of the life that I was living before and just knowing that I don't want to ever go back to how I was living before this trip. Um, so I guess just asking God for help in that. But um, I don't really know. I guess just check your hearts. It's <laughs> the best uh, thing I, I can say. So another thing about being, I would just say for me personally also, just be intentional about just sharing the gospel with, you know, my friends. Just like, I think my issue is like I have these relationships and I have friends that aren't, and people I'm close to that aren't saved and they know my standing, they know like I pray and they know I go to church. But I don't think I've ever just sat down and like just said, here's the gospel, this is what I believe. Like I don't think they have that idea. So for me, it would just be like, just be intentional and just share with anyone and everyone. Because the reality is we're not gonna be able to wake up every day and prayer walk and like street evangelize for five days. It's just, but you know, you can just intentionally just be like, hey, this is what I believe and just share it with them. And I don't know, more intentional. Uh, sorry, last thing. Um, the one thing also that Christian said that really uh, stuck with me was he said, if you truly love these if you truly love these people, the best thing you can do for them is share the gospel with them, because otherwise you are eternally dooming them to hell. Um, so that was like a big like, whoa. Um, so yeah, I don't have anything else to say. That was a good one. That was a good, big one. Um, yeah, so I think what I'm hearing, I think what we're all hearing is intentionality and prayer. Uh, increasing those things in our life, intentionality for sharing with our neighbors, with our families, with our friends, and being in prayer are the big things. So, um, all right, so about one or two of you, um, why should someone go to the next Seed Week trip? I don't know when the next one is. Christian will let us know, but be that person. So, one of you guys share. Why should someone go who's sitting here? Sarah, go for it. Um, I would say, well, because Luke 10, 2 says the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So, you know, if you're a believer of God, you are called to go and you are called to share. And like we all have said that this trip has really changed our life. And I now know that I have to go out there every single day planting as many seeds as I'm prompted to. Anybody else want to add to that? And just so you know that um, our friends, uh, the Wendells, Rick and Dina, are planning another we talked about. We don't have a set date yet, but um, maybe some of these guys will join that as well. But doing a uh, prayer walking trip uh, here in Cape May County. So um, sometime this summer, we'll uh, get that finalized as well. So if you can't go away to New York City for a week, 
you can come with us for, you know, two or three hours in Cape May County. So um, does anyone have a last little thing they want to share before we close? Oh, yeah, let's hear it. We got it. You got, like, the best story. Let's hear it. You want to hear it now? It's a long story. I, you know, I I've already, my, my ankles my are completely numb from being eaten by greenheads, so I'm good. Okay. <laughs> um, so on Tuesday, um, Tuesday morning in our training, um, a guy named Jason had come in, and he had talked with us about... Um, really started to talk with us about the Islamic faith, you know, um, and gave us different tips, you know, for conversation. And um, Here we go. Speak out. They need to hear this story. He had given us different tips for conversation, you know, a couple of do's and don'ts kind of thing, you know, um, about how to, how to go about it. And so I was paired with TJ, and we went into Jackson Heights, which is right where Christian and Elena used to live until last month. And so we're walking around, and um, we went into a grocery store. I said, let's go in a grocery store and sort of see, you know, if there's anybody in there that, that we can engage. And so we went in and looked at all these different fruits and vegetables and didn't know what they were. And I was kind of like, all right, like if there's a lady next to me, you know, who's looking at something and shopping, I'll just, you know, strike up a conversation. Um, but we struck out. We wandered around this grocery store like tourists for a while, um, and nobody really paid us any attention. And so we kept on walking, and we came to another little market on the corner, and there was this big bin of, you know how they put the watermelons in a big cardboard box? It was this big bin of jackfruit, and it was the biggest fruit I've ever seen in my life. It was like big like a watermelon. And I'm just, we're just looking at it, like, what is this? And... Um, This woman is next to me, and she turns to me, and she says, oh, that's a jackfruit, you know, and starts telling me about how you cut it and how it smells and how you eat it and all these different things. And so um, we talked for a few minutes out there, you know, on the street, and TJ kind of backed off um, because in Islam, you know, the way they view men and women and conversations, um, you just have to be very conscious of that. So TJ just sort of backed up, and he's hanging there under the tree, you know, and, um, and praying, you know, for, for this conversation to go well. And so I eventually say to her, you know, I said, there's a couple things inside that I don't know what they are. You know, do you have a minute to show me around? And so she says, okay. And so we go inside and, you know, start looking at these different vegetables. She's telling me how to cut them, how to cook them, what they're good for, um, and starts taking me on this tour of the grocery store. Um, and I come to find out her name is Rokea, and she's a Bengali Muslim. And so as we're walking through, um, we get to the seed and the spices aisle. And so she's pointing out, she asked me, you know, do you know this one? Do you know this one? Do you know this one? And we get to the mustard seeds, and there's two different kinds of mustard seeds. And I said to her, yeah, that's it. Yep. And I said, uh, you know, well, you know, in, in my faith, you know, in the Bible, it says that if you have faith like a mustard seed, you know, then it would grow and be fruitful. And she just goes, okay, you know, and we just keep on going. But she didn't stop. She didn't at that point, you know, turn me down, turn me away or anything. She just said, okay, and kept on going. Um, and as we're walking around, I know that I said a couple more things, you know, about the Bible and about Jesus, but I honestly don't remember what they were. Um, and so we finally 
a while later, you know, get around. I said, well, my friends and I are here this week, you know, and we're um, doing some study of the Bible, you know, and about the story of Jesus. Has anyone ever told you the story of Jesus? Because um, that's one of the things they, you know, um, the Islam's like stories, you know, and traditional storytelling. So we phrase it as the story of Jesus. And she said, oh, you can, t- you can tell me. You know, I said, can I tell you? She said, yeah, you can tell me. And so I pull out the sticker um, and I set it on top of all the snacks that she had told me that I had to buy. My arms were full and um, went through the two kingdoms with her. And she goes, oh, okay. And then she started asking me like other questions, um, things you know, we started comparing almost, you know, because they know about Adam and they, you know, Adam was a prophet and they know about um, Jesus and Abraham and they were all their prophets. And then Muhammad was their final prophet. And so it started to get in like over my head, you know, because one of the things they had said in the trainings was like, don't try to argue, you know, don't try to reason with them, you know. Um, And I didn't know really what she was talking about, you know, and I was trying not to just go, "Uh uh-huh, yes, you know, because that's not the right answer either, because that's not what I believe. And so I wasn't even sure what I said to her, whether I said, do you want to read the Bible? Do you want to get together again while I'm here? I'm not exactly sure, but she said yes. And so we exchanged phone numbers um, and I put her phone number in my phone, not just on a piece of paper where I could lose it, put it in my phone with her name. And so we, I said, um, when? And she said, well, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow, same time, same place. So we set a time and a date, Wednesday at 2 p.m. So I go back out to the street with TJ, and I was in there an hour, he tells me, with her, you know, just getting to know her. We bonded over, you know, fruits and vegetables and cooking and, you know, just um, me wanting to know, you know, about her culture. And so... Um, we go outside and we start walking away. We get a couple blocks away and I realize that I have no idea where I am. <laughs> and so we turn around and we go back. Like, let's write down the corner that we were at, the name of the market. And so we're, as we're across the street writing that down, um, across the street comes a woman that had been at the training on Monday. And I didn't recognize her. You know, I mean, we prayed with so many people in that prayer go around. Like, I don't know. And so he says, oh, hey, Anna. And he, you know, said, oh, she said, oh, how you, how's it going? You know, what's going on? And I told her we had just met this woman and made an appointment for 2 o'clock on Wednesday. And she says, oh, I'll go with you. I live right here in the neighborhood. I'm with International Project. Bengali Muslims are my specialty. And we're like, okay. <laughs> you know, I guess it's a date. Um, so later that evening, um, I texted her, you know, just sort of to confirm, you know, and uh, she didn't answer back. All right, you know, so the next day was our, uh, you get a free day, you know, where you can sightsee and stuff like that, but we planned our free day activities around the fact that at 2 o'clock in Jackson Heights, I needed to be there, Um, that this was, you know, a priority, even though she didn't text me back because, you know, myself's like, she didn't text me back, you know, but we needed to be there because I had said that I would, you know, and everything leading up to that so far. So we met Anna and... And Anna and I went outside this grocery store at 1.50, standing right next to the box of jackfruit. Um, And we stood there and chit-chatted and prayed and sort of put together like a a little strategy, you know, of whether I would take the lead, she would take the lead, see how it's going to go. And so by 2.25, Rokea hadn't come. And so we prayed a little bit more, and Anna said, you know, why don't you call her? And I said, I don't know. I texted her, I'm here, you know, she's not here. 
I, I think it's good. And Anna said, no, I think you should call her, you know, and just leave a very casual message. Hey, we said we'd meet here. You know, I'm here. If you can't make it, that's fine, you know. Um, and so I'm like, all right, I can do that. So I call her, and she answers on the second ring. She knew exactly who I was. I'm coming. I'm coming. Are you there? Wait for me. I'm coming. I'm just down the block. And so I'm like, all right. <laughs> And so I introduce her to Anna. We go around the corner to a little Pakistani place, and we order some beverages, um, some yogurt, mango smoothie drink, and some chai tea, and we sit down. And as Anna goes up to collect the beverages, the drinks, you know, um, she turns to me and she says, so did you bring a Bible to read today? And I went, I guess I did ask her to read the Bible, you know, but just the fact that she led off with that and she came for that, you know, um, was just so beautiful. So Anna comes back and we got right into it. <laughs> you know, we didn't have to, you know, strategize about small talk and uh, Rokea just started asking um, questions about what we believe. Anna started answering them. You know, I sort of stepped back um, because it was into, she really wanted to compare, you know, what she believed versus what we believe. Um, and Anna answered every question and then turned it around to the gospel and shared a little bit differently than the two kingdoms, but basically just the whole story from creation to fall to redemption to consummation, asking and answering different questions of, well, what do you think about this? And will we think this? And she asked, and so she really opened up. She shared a lot about, you know, like the two angels on your shoulders and the books that your good deeds get written in, um, you know, the way that they pray. She told us all about the mosques and the different mosques that she goes to and um, that are just slightly different, you know, and how she feels about that. And she told us stuff about the women covering their hair, um, her her Islam, because there's a lot of different uh, branches, sort of like different branches of Christianity. Her Islam believes that the woman's hair, if it's not covered on the judgment day, will turn to snakes and will bite them, which is, you know, so different <laughs> than what we believe, um, you know, as far as modesty. So she really just opened up. And so as we're going on and on in this conversation, you know, um, she kept asking about the Bible. And Anna said, I have a Bible for you. It's at my apartment. I can bring it, you know. Um, and she says, do you want to read a story now? And Rokea's phone kept going off, and she would silence it. She would silence it. And her husband called, and she took the call, talked for about a minute, put it down, and said, okay, yeah, let's read a story now. And so we read the story of Lazarus, um, John 11, I guess, you know, which is a story that I have heard for all of my life, being raised in the church. But the things that she got out of this story as we're reading it, you know, about how, you know, Jesus had loved Lazarus and Jesus wept. You know, he was also a man and he could feel that sorrow for his friend. And the way he um, has said through in one of the verses, it says that, you know, I, um, you know, I let it happen like this so that I could bring glory to the Father and you could believe. Um, and, you know, even just in there, it says, you know, no one comes, if you believe in me, you can have eternal life. And just watching her read these things for the first time, and as she's reading a, sent a verse and then, like, telling us what it said, because she was reading it in her language, and then she would tell us what it said, just the wonder and amazement in her eyes. And so when she got all the way down to the end of um, where he says, Lazarus, come forth, she, she, like, drops the phone, and she sits back, and she goes, oh, you know, and she goes, oh, that's just amazing, you know. And so 
you know, then, you know, Anna talked about, you know, some of the other miracles of Jesus because they believe in, you know, miracles. And so um, we left it as, you know, Anna was going to meet with her in a couple of days, um, bring her a Bengali Bible. Um, Anna asked her, you know, like they always say, you know, here in our trainings, you know, ask, is there someone else that you'd want to do this with you? Um, and so we asked her if there's someone else that she would invite uh, to read the Bible with her. And she said, well, I could ask my husband, you know, which is huge, you know, in our culture, you know, we just view husbands and wives differently than they do there. And she said, he doesn't like to have pressure, but I could ask him. <laughs> and so, um, and then Anna said, you know, either your husband or some friends. And, and so she promised that she would follow up with Anna. And, um, you know, I said, well, we're friends now, <laughs> you know, like, I'm going to call you too. Can I call you too? And she said, oh, yes, of course, you know, but um, just seeing the way that God's hand was in that, you know, I mean, I don't totally remember everything that I said to her in the store and what came out of my mouth, you know, but it was spirit-led, and, and it worked, you know, and knowing that, you know, like TJ recognized Anna, Anna was on that corner, you know, we had thought like, oh, I'll ask about vegetables, and, you know, like somebody just came up to me, like these guys says, you know, you try too hard looking around, you know, for who you want to pick, um, but God has the people for you to talk to. Um, and it really was just beautiful, you know, and that's sort of an unusual story. You know, it's not really, um, doesn't always go that way. You know, I mean, after that day, you know, I had a day where we walked around and every person I, most of the people that we talked to said, nope, can't pray for me, <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, it really was just encouraging knowing that she had heard some of this before somewhere, you know, and then Anna and I came along and we were the ones who got to share more of it with her. Um, and we'll see how God uses that and how God continues to stir her heart and soften her heart and for those, you know, in her family as well. Well, thank you. Yeah, that was great. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah, that was a great story. And, you know, be sure to kind of keep us posted on if you hear any more from her or, or any more growth in that relationship. So, um, just out of respect for our, our, our children's workers and, and, and the restaurant, um, we're going we're gonna to close in prayer and be done. But if you would like, if you have any questions, um, come on up. Just the team can kind of hang out here. If you have any questions, uh, come up and, and talk to them. Um, we don't really have time for Q&A time right now. But you can ask them, and then we'll, uh, we'll post uh, some of those questions on the podcast as well if, uh, if you're a, a listener. And um, so... Um, Jen, can you close us in prayer and, and pray for that lady as well, and, and then just, uh, just kind of pray us out, please? Sure. Father God, we just thank you uh, for this time here today. We thank you for the way that you were with us uh, when we were up in New York City out of our comfort zone. We just thank you for the way that we saw you working um, in the people of the nations who have come to us up there. God, we just pray that you would uh, continue to work in us, Lord. Um, we pray that the stories that we shared today and the testimonies we shared today um, would help others to feel bold um, within their own social circles and their own families and right here in Cape May County. God, we just pray that you would work through us um, for your glory. Lord, we just pray for the salvation of those around the world that don't know of you. Um, and Lord, we just pray that we would all continue to plant seeds and, um, and that you would work through us. Lord, just... Um, we just pray that you would uh, stir our hearts and help us to trust and abide in you, um, Lord, as we do your work. In your name I pray. Amen.